0: Right, and welcome to WP Dev Table episode 11. This is the second consecutive week we've had one, so uh, you know we're on our way. Uh, we welcome back uh, Bronson, a world traveler, and co-host to this episode, um, and we welcome also Jason Cosper to the show, who's the dev- developer advocate for WP Engine. WP DevTable is a hangout with developers in a loose roundtable-like discussion about tools, best practices, tips, and most importantly, WordPress. So if you like the show, give us some ratings on uh, iTunes. Give us a nice five-star rating for us. Subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Um, And if you'd like to get your questions answered by us, you can use the hashtag... Ask WP devs on Twitter, and we'll see if we can get that answered for you right on the spot for you. So, like I said, I want to welcome over Jason to the show. Um, If Jason, you want to give a a brief intro to yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So, hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, My name is Jason Cosper. I'm the developer advocate over at WP Engine, uh, as Jason said. I basically um, work a lot with the community, plug-in uh, theme developers, dev shops, things like that, uh, at WP Engine, and um, get to kind of work with them on uh, how to make their products better, but also how we can improve our platform, so if they run into any sticking points, things like that. So uh, a lot of people wonder what a dev, dev advocate does, because uh, it's uh, until I got the job title, I didn't even know what what, what it was. Uh, we've kind of created it out of uh, out of whole cloth, but um, it's definitely um, it, it's definitely been fun, kind of kind of help like uh, shaping the role. Um, and yeah, so <clears throat> it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's a, it's uh, an interesting job, and it's it's never really a boring day.
0: Great. So. I think we've all kind of been traveling around. I know that Bronson's been the world traveler, you know, Tom's been talking at some uh, WordCamps lately. Uh, I guess let's just go around the room and, and, and see what everybody's been up to lately. Bronson, you want
2: to start? Cool. Yeah, so um, I've been absent because I've been traveling in Spain, so I was lucky enough to go to WordCamp Europe um, with the human-made team. Uh, so we went to WordCamp Europe, which was three days, a really fantastic event. It was one of the biggest, well, it was the biggest one they've ever had. And um, I think the last count was 960 attendees, which was huge. So they've nearly cracked the 1,000 attendee mark. Um, the volunteers were fantastic. They probably had about 100 volunteers. Uh, the talks were fantastic. Uh, did a few little podcasts on the side with um, one of the other human-made gents. Um, and he's put them up on his web- website. Um, And then after the the human-made, sorry, the retreat, we had the, sorry, the WordCamp Europe, we had our human-made retreat, which is where our whole team gets together and spends about a week together doing hack days and things like that and hanging out, seeing we're all remote, it's good to hang out with the team. So that's what I've been up to. What about you, Tom? Uh, I
3: just got back from Columbus, Ohio, Uh, did WordCamp Columbus this weekend. Got home at around like midnight last night. So I, I booked all my uh, travel arrangements and accommodations and stuff super last minute, like three or four days before uh, going out. So I ended up having to go and connect in Baltimore and then fly from Baltimore to Columbus. Uh, so I had, like, three hours of layover each time, uh, and there were about, like, one-hour flights each time, so it was more layover than flying time. Um, but that that's a bit silly, so I should probably get better about, uh, you know, booking flight arrangements and that kind of stuff. And I used an Airbnb uh, that I found kind of last minute, too. It looked like it was in pretty good walking distance of everything, uh, but I put the map coordinates in wrong, so it really wasn't. Uh, It was about, like, a half hour walk the first day to the venue, and about an hour and ten minute walk the second day. (laughs) And it was, like, 90-something degrees out, so uh, yeah, I was a... I perspired a bit. Um... But, hey, it was fun. Uh, the, the one thing I've kind of noticed about traveling is that the day after, my body is always in pretty rough shape, uh, mostly just from, like, sitting around and sitting on, you know, the really tiny airplane seats. So, like, I have this killer headache today just from, uh, you know, being squished up and my muscles being...
2: Yeah, I know that feeling. Um, we were in the plane for 40 hours to get <laughs> to Spain, so that was pretty tough. <laughs> what about you, Jason Cosper? Have you been to traveling around much? Have you been to any WordCamps lately?
1: The last uh, WordCamp I was at was uh, WordCamp Orange County. Um, and so just just about a month and a half ago or so, uh, I spoke there um, about, um, about HHVM and kind of uh, coding and, and kind of being prepared for for that as it comes up, like best practices and things like that. Um, outside of that, just a little bit of vacation. Uh, we also did a uh, whole um, company get-together for WP Engine. I'm one of the team members who's based out of California. Um, so I flew out to... Uh, to Texas uh, in the nice uh, early Texas summer, it was uh, plenty, plenty warm, plenty humid, and and I'm in Central California where like hundred degree temperatures are not out of the question. But uh, Austin was was up there. I think the humidity is what uh what locked it as being um, mm, fun. We'll, we'll say fun. <laughs> cool.
2: All right. What about you, Jason Resnick? I could always say the last name see so we've got two Jasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I haven't done any word camps lately, but uh, I just got back maybe a couple of weeks ago I guess back from a cruise. So that was really relaxing and you know, a cruise with my wife, we went to the Caribbean, so nice island hopping, sitting on a beach with a, Sounds know, tough. Um, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. You know, those umbrella jacks, you know. <laughs> hard, yeah. So uh but that was good, that was a, a good time and, uh, you know, it was great to come back at least like refreshed, you know, like I had been really pushing hard for, you know, a long time and it was nice to be able to just get away, re- push the reset button, you know, and
2: come back in yep. a so. Awesome. Cool. Well, I guess we'll, without further ado, we'll get stuck into the show. So the first question we got for you, Jason, is um, what's your background before you joined WP Engine?
1: So before I started working at WP Engine, um, I um, worked for a little over five years at a uh, tiny web hosting company. You might have heard of them, uh, DreamHost. Uh, I'm not sure. It's it's they're kind of an indie brand. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure if many people have heard of them, but um, anyhow, um, yeah. So uh, while I was there, I started as tech support. Uh, eventually. Uh, it turned out that I was one of the only people on staff at the time who had really dealt with WordPress when I started working there Um, and just ended up picking up um, WordPress, like, questions, tickets, things like that, Uh, and eventually just through getting sent, like, trial under fire, getting sent so many WordPress um, tickets, questions, things like that, it was like a trial under fire or a baptism under fire. And eventually I became their uh, resident WordPress nerd. Um, and I was a support manager there for a while too, but they had to give me a proper support manager title to uh, to make up for the fact that they were just sending me all, all of their WordPress runoff. <laughs> but the great thing about that is um, it helped me build my skill set. Um, it helped me kind of... Uh, Get more prepared. Uh, I've been doing uh, blogging stuff, uh, general uh, websites. I, I mean, I built my first website in 1996 when I was at community college. Uh, it had an awesome little horizontal rule where the uh, a couple of droids from Star Wars were chasing each other.
2: tag, like, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> it was pretty rad. Uh, it was. Um, but then after uh, a little while, I uh, started this project. Uh, maybe, well, I had a personal blog for a little while, Then I started this project where I was reviewing uh, t-shirts online for a minute. And um, it actually, um, that site uh, pre-shrunk, it's still around. I sold it to help pay for my wedding. Um, but uh, pre-shrunk in 2004 kind of opened up the whole uh, t-shirt review site, like, quote, unquote, vertical, as douchey marketing-speak as that sounds. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so I I kind of originated that whole thing, and then when I realized that I was fighting, like, 20 other t-shirt sites for, like, the first review of the new Threadless shirts, I was like, yeah, I'm out of this. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I've been playing with, uh, with blogging software, with uh, WordPress, with uh, just general HTML, coding HTML before CSS was even a thing um, for almost 20 years now, and uh, really just kind of uh, took what I learned at everything from, you know, when I first got started to now, uh, you know, DreamHost and everything else to... Uh, to kind of uh, bring me to where I am today.
2: Awesome. Can you remember what version of WordPress you first started using? Uh,
1: it might have been, it was really early. It was whatever was first installed with, uh, actually, I was a DreamHost customer before I was a DreamHost employee. Yeah. Um, I got in on like one of their really great sales um, and uh, ended up picking up a really super cheap account, and then they were like, oh, we've got this WordPress thing on, uh, on our one-click installer. You guys should check it out. And at the time, I was looking at either it or movable type. And uh, that, that name r- might ring a bell for a few people. Um, but so I was looking at it or movable type and movable type. Um, didn't have a one-click install. Um, so yeah whatever whatever version came with the uh, DreamHost one click installer was was what I got started with it, it might have been cool. 1.5 Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah. Old school. IG yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so
3: obviously you see tons and tons of plugins all the time on WP Engine and probably elsewhere too but uh, of the ones that you see customers using on WP Engine what do you think are some of the worst ones that are common? Well, that aren't blacklisted.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the, yeah. The worst, the worst ones that we have are, uh, and for, for folks who aren't aware, uh, WP Engine keeps a uh, disallowed plugins list. It's a list of plugins that either don't work on our platform. It's not that they have bad code. It's say that they're a caching plugin. Say, and of course we handle caching uh, for customers, um, things like that. Um, related posts, uh, some things that tend to be not as performant are included on those lists as well. Um, the bane of my existence for a while was uh, related post plugins mainly because of the way that, uh, you know, just, just the way that most of them are coded in order to get the proper data uh, for the related posts. Generating that, like, on every page view, on every, like, non-cached hit, things like that, that can end up crippling a server. Um, I I really respect and and appreciate what the related posts people are trying to do. But I I feel like um, there are just a lot of really bad. Like, that's like everyone's first plug-in is uh, forking and doing something funny with Hello Dolly. And everyone's, or or maybe um, doing uh, something where uh, you put a different logo up on WP login. Uh, you know, like, oh, I, I changed the logo, check it out, it's really cool. Like, but everyone's second plugin is like a related post plugin and everyone's like, oh, no, the way, the way everyone else is doing these things is garbage. I'm gonna do it this way. It's gonna be great and it's not great.
3: <laughs> the first uh, WP Engine site I ever inherited, it was back when I was at How About We, which was a dating startup. Oh, and yeah. uh, There was a popular post plugin that was in, on their install. And this popular post plugin would do two database writes per page view. One to a, a cache table and one to the normal table. Um, so first you have custom tables and then you have two database writes per page view. So that was obviously non-performant. Uh, so, And it's the wrong data store, right? So right. going and saving that kind of data to, to the database schema is just not good any way you slice it. But uh, I ended up having to go and you know bring that down to like one right before in the process of getting it off onto the proper data store but uh, yeah I, I definitely feel your pain with those those kind of plugins
2: it just reminded me of a story my first WP uh, engine install I had a client who wanted a randomized post um, plugin installed there and we had one there and it was very non-performant but um, had a chat with um, actually Jason Cohen and he suggested, he and I worked together and we worked out the best way to do it was to grab a thousand posts, store them in a transient, and then pull that out. And yeah, Jason helped me do that, which is pretty cool. But yeah, obviously they're, they're the bane of the, the plugin um, space for um, hosting companies, no doubt. <laughs> the funny thing that you mentioned there
3: with putting it in a transient was, uh, as I was trying to optimize the heck out of this plugin to be a bit better until I can move off of it, was that I was storing one of its uh, queries for 12 hours in a transient. But at the time, there happened to be some issue on WP Engine where some legacy code uh, had gotten activated on WP Engine and was causing these transients to uh, delete as soon as they were stored. So this 12-hour cache query was now running on every single page load.
1: (laughs) That's that's better than two, of course, but
3: still,
1: uh, (laughs) one is not great. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, it ended up getting resolved at some point so yeah yeah.
1: I feel I, like I, when I started WP Engine I started in uh, support I've been in a bunch of different positions there I was like support guy number two the day I started it was like me and then four other guys in a cubicle in like an office building in, in Austin um, so um, but I, I feel like I remember that kind of coming down the pipe Um I was working in support yeah
3: I think almost <laughs> every support person there had seen uh, that ticket at some point, and <laughs> Terrell was on a, a lot of our tickets. And I remember after some of that stuff was resolved, I was like, "Hey, I know this has been crazy. Like, here's a good Starbucks gift card. I know you love caffeine, so I appreciate all the work you've done."
1: <laughs> I totally remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool.
2: so, we, so, so, what's the hardest?
1: Oh, sorry, Jason. I, w- I was just
0: gonna. I was just gonna say. Um, I guess to just take a quick. Quick step back um, um, for those that might not know a lot about WP Engine. Um, what do you folks provide that makes you stand out? You know, I mean, obviously you mentioned caching and things like that, but what what other things make you stand out, from other hosting companies? That's
1: that's a really good question. Uh, it's it's something that. Um, is getting increasingly harder to have a good answer for, especially as uh, more and more people, more and more companies launch. uh, Even the the big, entrenched players in the shared hosting space now are launching uh, managed WordPress hosting. Um, A lot of uh, basically kind of what we do differently from them, however, um, a lot of... um, what we can what we can do for customers is based on kind of the uh, the special sauce that we have uh, in our specific um, Nginx, Varnish, etc. Uh, configurations, um, like that that kind of eke out just a little bit more and a little bit more performance. You'll see uh, with a lot of um, with a lot of uh, other managed hosts, they still fall back on uh, caching plugins. They still fall back on uh, things like that. There are some that don't. Uh, there are a lot of the uh, the bigger players out there, and, and a lot of respect to them, that they don't have to fall back on um, caching plugins, on things like that, that. They can handle the stuff at the server level. Um, really, one of the biggest things that we provide, though, is service. Like I said, I was employee number five. I was support employee number two. In three and a half years, it'll be four in October, um, the company's grown, from five employees to 300. The majority of those employees are in support. And they are, uh, we have uh, a full-on training program that actually makes sure uh, that our uh, level one people, sometimes they might um, give a little bit of a tone-deaf answer, Um, you know, like any support would, uh, especially if, like, it's, it's the new guy's first day and that's the answer he gives or anything else, but we pride ourselves on when we give a wrong answer, when someone comes back and says, no, that was a wrong answer. Um, you know, like, help me fix this. We make sure that those, those people get the answers that they need, get the help that they need. Uh, short of going in and, you know, doing a code audit on a customer site, we, and in some cases, our support goes above and beyond and does something like that—not maybe not an audit, but we'll definitely take a look at particular bits of code. But really, the thing that sets us apart is uh, our knowledgeable um, our, our knowledgeable team that really um, kind of you know ma- makes WP Engine. WP Engine. It, it definitely. Um, It's always nice to get someone on the the phone uh, and say, hey, um, something's broken. And instead of them going, "Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and pass this up the chain to somebody who can help you out, uh, actually being able to dive in and help you fix the thing, uh, we feel like that's kind of a a big differentiator. Uh, Of course, there's staging sites. uh, There's Git integration. Uh, We're working with. HVM implementations. Now um, we actually have uh, a large, uh, and it's for kind of larger, um, higher-end, higher-traffic customers. Uh, for our current HHVM implementation, it's kind of like our supercar. Uh, you know, where we uh, build like the really whiz bang stuff, and then it trickles down into the rest of our hosting. We realized that we needed to uh, to keep continually improving our stack, but we also needed to kind of uh, do a leapfrog, and, and the work we've been doing with HHVM um, is is something that's exciting, and, and something that our labs team uh, is working on on making like top flight.
2: Yeah, that's the Mercury project. If um, people have been following the blog, that would um, probably have had a bit of a read up. Um, you've actually got a Vagrant install, too, if people want to try it out. You can go to GitHub and pull that down and get their kind of very similar environment set up locally. So when you're coding for something that's going to go onto your Mercury um, installation um, set up, then you can actually know that it's going to work. Um, and I believe you guys developed that with 10Up. Is that correct, Jason?
1: Yeah, that is. Um, so we were looking to have um, a... Um, a vagrant environment uh, to basically let all of our um, all of our customers be able to uh, test potentially their code um, to, to against uh, HHVM, um, but also uh, test their code against PHP. A lot of people have been asking us for uh, some sort of dev dev environment stack, something like that. So they're like, okay, well. Uh, we know you have specialized caching. We know you can't give away all your caching rules, but we'd still like to see how something performs against caching. Uh, so not only is it for our HHVM customers, um, the the vagrant also is for our PHP customers, but we worked with 10up, um, kind of, I mean, they are um, where, and at least initially, the VVV project, like, kind of, took off and grew and everything else. So we figured that uh, they would probably be the best folks to partner with when it came to uh, kind of building something uh, a little more next generation. Um, and it's so far, it's been a, a great collaboration. We keep uh, shipping new versions. We just shipped um, version 1.3, which allows, um, allows you to actually provision multiple sites on the Vagrant uh, with a YAML file. Um, So you can just very simply um, set up, you know, uh, if a site is HHVM, PHP, whatever, and go down and through the YAML file, actually uh, provision that, and then when you uh, provision the vagrant.
3: When HHVM first came onto the scene, it seemed like it was super unstable and that anyone that was actually using it had to have, like, an NGINX, back up so that as soon as HHVM crashed, it could go and jump over to serving from Nginx. Uh, how has that changed over time? Is HHVM a bit more stable now where you don't have to worry about that as much?
1: Yeah, so HHVM is definitely uh, more stable now. Um, the Facebook team has been really great about getting that um, and working with um, you know the community to make sure that um, and there, there is a more kind of a stable environment for people to serve up their sites. of course, um, Facebook runs um, most of its services, if I'm not mistaken, off of HHVM. Like, they are very interested in making sure that the service and the, the, you know, the server in general is stable. Um, so the, yeah, the improvements that they've made Uh, We also um, worked with them to have uh, a PHP, uh, like, failback. So basically as um, if HHVM does manage to fail um, and doesn't generate, um, you know, expected code within a particular amount of time, it will fail back to uh, PHP FPM. So that's kind of nice. Um, So that way you don't have to worry about uh, potentially losing uh, a, a hit, a customer, what what have you, so. So as, as a part
0: of the infrastructure, it sounds like you, like the HHVM clients, are more of the high-end, high-traffic type ser- sites that you service, um, as well as, you know, like you're saying, the other, you know, like the... Beginner tier, let's say, um, on a different tech. How do how how is how do you handle that infrastructure differences in managing the support for that? You guys, you know, can you guys have different tiers or levels of support based on that?
1: Um, so after a particular um, like plan, once your plan hits a particular level, um, say you come in, you sign up for. Um, maybe not our entry-level service, but 99 bucks a month that gets you 10 sites. Um, you work with that for a little bit. One of your sites takes off. You start getting more and more traffic. Uh, suddenly you become, say, a Huffington Post partner or whatever, and um, they start running your your headlines. You start getting more and more and more traffic. Uh, eventually, uh, once you kind of get up to uh, our higher-tier uh, professional enterprise, things like that, plans, uh, we do actually have uh, account managers that we can assign to kind of our higher-tier customers. And, of course, those do come um, included with kind of our higher-tier packages. It's, it's something that, uh, that our uh, sales team negotiates uh, at the time, though. Uh, but we, we definitely have... Uh, most of those uh, customers, however, Unless it's a high uh, priority support request, uh, a lot of those folks still file tickets to um, to just our basic supports team. Uh, a lot of times, they can get an answer uh, a little bit quicker than you know somebody who um, has a has a red phone and you know you know the, the 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 bat line goes off and all of a sudden you have to uh, deploy the team. It, it, like a lot of our customers understand that um you know okay well we don't need to use this it's probably just going to be the same guys helping us out anyway like once we call uh, our account manager he's gonna just probably nudge all of the same people so let's just file a support request or let's just file a chat request things like that so but there is definitely uh kind of higher tiers of support but from overall um, all of our support team still helps out no matter what the level um, of support so there's um, there's ninjas a- a amongst all of our support team, but uh, they hide in plain sight and still help um, regular customers too.
0: Gotcha. So, so as like, I know I, in the past I've had clients where I've dealt with like Rackspace or some other host, and sometimes they have, like you're saying, they have account managers. Um, and then you were saying too, is that the WP Engine does tweaks based on some needs of the application at hand. Um, are those, I guess, a lot of lot of frustrations that I've actually heard and as well as encountered in the past with certain hosts is sometimes when you get into support, you don't necessarily get the person that knows about those tweaks that were made for the application at hand. How do, how do you guys handle that?
1: So um, when we make um, changes to the server, uh, we actually have a a back-end tool um, that um, manages all of our customer account data. It was something that was built in-house and we use. um, However, um, the tool itself um, actually allows uh, our our techs, our account managers, things like that, to leave notes. So if there's been a change on a server, our um, we, we do everything we can to what we call, and of course this isn't as exclusive to us, but to not snowflake a server. Snowflakes melt. Snowflakes melt at like the worst possible times. So everything we can do to, to not make a snowflake, to not change uh, the configuration, uh, on the server, we, we try to do that, but in the rare case where it needs to happen, and in a lot of cases, this is on kind of the larger enterprise customers and sites and things like that. Um, but in those cases, um, we do make sure that it's fully documented, that um, in some cases we've even made entire wiki pages for the changes and what to do if, the hardware fails, and all of a sudden you need to roll out new changes, things like that. But we, we control a lot of what we do uh, in the backend with a provisioning tool called Ansible. Um, so a lot of those changes, a lot of the kind of tiers of service and things like that, if we need a new, um, you know, particular level of server, if, if it has an alternate configuration or something like that, uh, it's as easy as, you know, just running the particular Ansible job, this, 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 and this, and then add, like, a couple tweaks in the off chance that it is a snowflake, and that's it.
3: Uh, In the event of, like, instant or instant spikes of traffic, you know, going up really high uh, out of the normal range, uh, do you have anything that, like, comes into play for that? I remember there was a labs project that was being talked about probably about a year ago or so about having a... basically a a static file cache going on of, like, the full web page being cached and serving off of that in instances where everything blew up?
1: Yeah, so for some customers, um, a a lot of our infrastructure, the way it is set up currently, um, we are running, when I started, uh, we were just running on these things called clusters. Um, And clusters, the explanation is pretty straightforward. You have a, a, a batch of servers. Um, that would all share the traffic for a uh, particular set of customers, customers uh, depending on their tier, how much they had paid for. Um, uh, eventually, we moved into uh, another setup um, where we managed to kind of compact the cluster uh, and some of the load sharing and things like that down into a, a single instance. Um, we still have clusters. We still offer them uh, for our higher tier customers as needed. Um, we still offer um, that sort of setup, uh, high availability, higher availability, things like that. Um, and I totally lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> what was the question again? I'm sorry, Tom.
3: Uh, so there, there was talk about a year ago about a labs project of basically putting a full cache on everything so that it would serve super fast. I think it was serving off of like AWS or something maybe? Yeah,
1: um, okay, that's right. So uh, what we do with uh, some of these customers, uh, especially the ones that are on the single server, um, we have historically either uh, primed a cache, uh, like an S3 um, style cache and use some DNS trickery to point at S3. Uh, and route, you know, uh, server trickery, everything else to route traffic to S3 rather than the the main site. That was a labs project for a minute. Um, it turned out that um, there wasn't enough interest in it. Uh, there was some, uh, at least some, enough hard interest in it to uh, to continue doing it as a project. However, uh, it is something that. Um, we have, on occasion, deployed for customers as needed, like kind of in a, a super, um, you know, when when someone really, really needs it. When someone's like, "Oh man, I'm going to be on," you know, not only like I'm going to be on Oprah tomorrow, I'm going to be on like every daily talk show, every uh, you know major news uh, publication, things like that. Um, yeah, we, we can definitely work something out, but it's not something that we've. Uh, decided to bubble up at this time. It might come out at some point in the future. We might start work back up on it again. Um, But currently, um, yeah, we're not really doing anything with that anymore.
2: Cool. Another Labs project you guys have been working on is the GeoIP plugin. Now, I believe this one is for people who want to use geo-targeting and geolocation to serve different content um, for their visitors. Now, one of the things, obviously, you guys do very well is caching and hard caching. I believe this plugin is designed to work um, with your caching on WP Engine. Can you tell us a little bit more about the GoIP plugin?
1: Yeah, so GoIP is really cool. Um, as you said, um, it really allows uh, someone who um, say that they have uh, a multi say uh, say they serve uh, the Eurozone, and of course the Eurozone is made up of a number of, of um, Different countries, um, different areas—not um, all necessarily a common language. Um, so, um, say someone wants to sell um, handbags, and they want to sell them to someone, or they want their main areas are say like Greece, Paris, Spain, uh, and and England. Um, so, using. Um, We've actually made it really simple with GeoIP. Um, you can go a little more complex, but even using something as simple as short codes, you can target uh, what content is served to a customer in a particular geographic region. Um, we use um, some information that we have about particular IPs, um, you know, where they are in the world, things like that, geo-targeting. Uh, but it definitely allows people to um, Say they want to offer, uh, like I said, a, 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 either products, uh, special products to a particular area, or in a specific language, even, um, basically, easy ways, easier ways um, to target um,
3: geographic areas. Uh, would it be possible, theoretically, with this plugin to have like an IP paywall, so targeting p- specific customers or companies that have maybe bought a, a membership or a subscription for? their employees
1: so using our current caching paywalls are kind of tricky um just because of the way that they're set up um what GeoIP uh is really best at is um still serving up um cacheable not necessarily dynamic content um based you know that that someone would uh, be more apt to uh to want from uh, a paywall site, so like of course a, a login session, something like that, um, would require um, like non-cache hits, things like that. Um, at least that I can think of, uh, unless you know of something I don't. Uh,
3: yeah. I don't know. I, I'm th- I'm a little bit early in the stage of what I'm thinking about implementing, but mm-hmm. basically it's like. Either you have a subscription for your people, or you don't. So then it's like you either block the content, or you don't.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I could. I could see. I could maybe see something being done with that, but um, it would definitely uh, be something that you would have to uh, kind of play with first to to kind of. But I, I did not work on the GoIP team to, to help implement that. I'm sure that my guys are, are watching back at the office right now, like, no, 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 say this, say this. <laughs> uh, I'm, like, scanning over to Slack right now to see if the <laughs> team is saying anything and they're not. But um, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get a hard time when I come into the office tomorrow morning.
3: Yeah, I'll definitely be playing around with it, though. I'm glad you mentioned it. That's interesting.
2: Awesome. I a kind of related. Uh, note here, Jason, I'm not sure if you might know the details based on what you just said, but with the GoIP plugin, does it have any concept of kind of fragment caching? So, say if I want to serve a partial bit of content to certain visitors in certain countries, but then, like, say there's other chunks in the page that are consistent, are persistent across all countries, can I do that with GoIP?
1: I believe so.
2: Cool. Very cool. Yeah.
1: That okay, Slack isn't going off, Slack isn't telling me that I'm being a dummy, so uh, we'll, we'll use that as, as confirmation, but I reserve cool. the right to be horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> nice. Cool.
2: Now, you've mentioned Git integration with WP Engine. Um, how do developers go about using that? What's the normal process there, and do you have any resources that we can send to people if they want to know a little bit more about it?
1: Yeah, um, the easiest way to kind of check out our, our Git integration is to just go to directly to uh, git.wpengine.com. Um, nice and straightforward. Um, but our Git integration is uh, pretty simple. Um, we don't really offer um, much in the way of, um, I mean, of course, we offer Git, that's great, everything else. Uh, but uh, a lot of things that people equate uh, with Git are Um, sub-modules, you know, post-commit hooks, things like that. Um, uh, Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, we don't support that. Um, We uh, only really allow um, folks to uh, push changes up to their site. Um, And just using, you know, your simple, basic git push command. uh, And I actually had... I knew this question was coming. I made some notes. Um, So as far as uh, kind of what happens after um, git is run, um, git um, basically um, takes your code, checks it in, then it runs it through a simple uh, PHP linter. Um, So it just kind of makes sure that your code changes. Um, aren't going to break your site. Um, That's cool. Occasionally, it does catch uh, a a random error, and that's frustrating, but our support can kind of help you work through that or, you know, suppress an error or things like that. But mainly, um, that's all we really do. Um, Now, we don't really have any plans to kind of add to that uh, currently. Um, We actually really think that... um, that you should have, uh, you should have like your own workflow for, yeah. uh, say things like, um, you know, mm-hmm. running grunt tasks, things like that. Like those should be run before um, you send stuff up to the server, um, and yeah, that's that. That's basically kind of uh, the the gist of it.
2: Cool. Anything I. Uh thinking along the lines of things that happen after the event. Have you thought about having a hook or something where we could like run a deploy to WP Engine, then have it post back to Slack and go, hey, successful deploy? That's the only kind of thing that I'm thinking would be cool to add.
1: You know, uh, our, our Labs team, um, and I'm a, a member of the Labs team, uh, we've, we've been playing with and loving Slack. Uh, I use Slack uh, in the make.wordpress Slack. Yep. Um, I, I think, I think I'm a member of like seven different groups right now. Um, that is definitely something that um, I I know if if I have that many groups and I'm just kind of like a part-time user of Slack, I have to imagine that other people are uh, are climbing for something like that too. So I'll definitely bring that up. Cool, we'll see.
3: Just from experience, it seems like uh, when I push something to staging versus pushing into production, it takes a lot longer to push up to staging. And I know that when going to production, yeah, it's running those things to check that. I haven't gone and pushed up a big, fatal PHP error. But uh, is there something different going on between the two, which would cause one to go super fast, being production, while staging would be slower?
1: No, that's that's actually really weird. Um, The there's a a handful of things that are different uh, with our staging and live environments. Um, mainly, it just has to do with uh, our staging environment doesn't have any caching on it. Um, and, and you know there's some other configuration changes just on the server side uh, that allow you to kind of um, work on your site in staging and not have to worry about clearing caches every five seconds. Um, so I, I don't know why it would push so slowly. That is definitely something. That um, either if you file a ticket on that, uh, or if you uh, you know hit me up after the program, I can I can set you up with support and they can help you troubleshoot that. I I know a couple guys who are really great at get internally that we can help you work through that though.
3: Cool. Yeah, it doesn't really worry me much. I'm fine with it. I was just curious if there were different processes going on. Yeah, totally. So. WP
0: Engine obviously is a premium host. Um, aside from the cost, what sort of website or and slash companies wouldn't be a fit for WP Engine?
1: What well, companies wouldn't be a fit? Um, really, of of course, I, I should say, oh well, everyone will be a fit at WP Engine. We welcome all people. Um, however. Uh, And and although we have uh, an entry-level personal plan, $29 a month, single site, um, Mm -hmm. we really find that that gets used by people who have kind of outgrown their shared hosting, who are frustrated uh, even uh, enough to not want to go uh, to the managed uh, version of whatever their shared hosting has to offer. Um, But a lot of people who are just kind of starting out. Um, Your uncle who you kind of told, uh, hey, you should have a website. You should, uh, you know, oh yeah, you should use WordPress too. I use WordPress. It's great. I can help you out occasionally. Although, don't offer that to any of your relatives, because it's just a horrible, horrible time sink. Uh, I hope none of my relatives are watching, but they probably aren't. (laughs) Um, Anyhow, um, kind of the entry level people. Are really the the best uh, or like not? That's that's probably the best answer to that question is um, like entry level, just getting started out. You really you're not sure if you want to keep building a site. You're not sure if you're going to keep updating your blog after like five posts. Um, things like that, that that stuff, that sort of stuff, is what shared hosting was built for. And there are tons of shared hosts out there who would be more than happy to uh, keep milking that customer for five to ten dollars a month. Um, but it's it's almost not ethical for a managed host to uh, to keep milking someone like that for uh, for twenty nine or or however much more a month.
0: What what about those folks that I guess have it? I guess, have a dev team or have a, an engineering team that you know, they kind of want to be able to control their caching, they want to be able to control the service and things like that. Does WP Engine even offer those types of services, or not really? Uh,
1: yeah, not really. Um, we do, um, honestly, um, in a lot of cases, uh, sometimes the, uh, the folks that have um, the web team that wants to control caching, that wants to um, have their fingers, like, you know, in the servers, um, you know, on the command line, on the server, things like that. We don't offer SSH access. If that's um, something that's important to you, then we might not be for you. Um, Although we might be, um, because we also feel like We also feel like uh, our customers um, can get a lot of stuff that they need to get done uh, using Git, using SFTP, using things like that. There doesn't need to be a trade-off. But definitely kind of the the hardcore server admins, uh, the people who uh, just would rather run things in-house on their own system, we're never going to be for those people. Uh, Eventually, uh, if they get fed up with trying to manage those servers. Um, we're a great fit then, um, but uh, until that point, um, it's it's kind of hard to appeal to um, to the neckbeards that really just kind of want to admin a, a Linux server all day. Hey, no 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 offense to any of them because I, I mean if if you see me, I'm kind of a neckbeard myself. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I've i spent my my fair share of time. On, on Linux servers, so, um, but yeah, we might not be for them either.
3: So in doing support someone frequently, I started in support at WooThemes and our sites that just smacked me in the face with some shocking content. Uh, have you ever had any experiences where you're just like, whoa, I can't believe I'm working on this kind of website?
1: Um, I've definitely had some shocking content ones. Um, especially in my time at DreamHost, who uh, is very, uh, very, very, very into uh, the U.S. First Amendment, freedom of speech. Just any anything you want to host, you can host it. Uh, you can host it there, and um, that's all well and good. But sometimes that ended up becoming. Um, Fairly interesting. Uh, I, I saw my uh, an eyeful of, of more than a few of those sites. Definitely, <laughs> I, I'm sure with uh, I'm sure with woo and, and e-commerce, you have a lot of uh, interesting content in there as well.
2: Maybe, <laughs> perhaps. So a few times uh, during the show, you've mentioned the labs section of WP Engine, and it's really cool. That's where you guys test some new things and see whether they're going to work. Is there anything that's happening in labs that you can discuss now to give us kind of an exclusive, oh, this is in the works, possibly coming out soon? Have you got anything you can talk about, or is it all in the NDA? Uh,
1: So I can talk about one thing that we kind of haven't touched on, which is our uh, search project. I've actually been working on, or personally been working on implementing that. Um, Basically it is um, Elasticsearch-based, we are uh, allowing um, customers, it's currently in beta right now, uh, for uh, customers to come in to sign up for uh, the account. Um, It it gets enabled, uh, basically we built it almost to be a drop-in replacement for um, WordPress search Which means that okay, you're not okay if if you know what you're doing. You guys all know what you're doing. You're developers. Uh, You can maybe wait the results a little bit more. Um, We've actually uh, had a solid foundation. Uh, Our friends at Tenup have a really great plugin, Elastic Press. Uh, We use that to we forked that, made some uh, some changes. Um, some of those might actually end up back upstream to the folks at 10up. We're discussing that right now. Um, But basically, um, yeah, we're trying to offer kind of just a a very basic, like, drop-in search replacement um, based on Elastic Press. And and really, so far, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on it. It's been been, uh, kind of overwhelmingly uh, positive, uh, the all the customers that we've shown it to, because um, I think it was WordCamp San Francisco, um, it, right after this, this last one that they had, uh, they had a community summit and um, I was there representing WP Engine, uh, kind of uh, representing hosts, there were other hosts there as well, uh, and when you have Um, a couple core developers, a couple very senior core developers saying WordPress search sucks. There's not really anything we can do about it though because the biggest problem is search using MySQL sucks. And that kind of touches back on uh, what we were talking about earlier with related posts. Um, You know, things like that um, MySQL isn't necessarily built for. uh, Our search implementation, we're going to Leverage Elasticsearch, leverage um, something that was actually built for search to provide both search and related posts. And hopefully, uh, if all goes well, if we, um, you know, if, if we deem it a project to uh, that, that we're going to keep working on um, and and keep kind of pushing forward, um, we'd like to roll it out to as many customers as we can. A lot of our our GOIP or things like that, um, especially Mercury tends to kind of uh, go towards, like, the higher tiers of our customers. Um, so this is something that we kind of want to put out there for everyone, uh, or as many people as, as we can, uh, can can make it cost-effective for.
3: <laughs> Aside from just uh, taking over the search aspects, does your implementation allow to just hijack WP query and allow all queries to go through Elasticsearch? Um,
1: there are. Um, So, have you played with the Elastic Press plugin at all, or...?
3: Well, Ali has our own called Search Press, Uh, so I think that's what ours is called. Maybe I have it wrong. But anyway, we have our own implementation of an Elasticsearch wrapper that we tend to use, but, I mean, if it becomes a service that's available on WP Engine, it would be great to go and have the Elasticsearch functionality there without having to go and point IP addresses off Amazon and that kind of deal, so... Yeah, of course.
1: Of course, that that is definitely something that we're exploring. Um, that might be um, kind of something that we've discussed is um, if enough people ask for uh, weights, search weights. I'm not I'm not gonna like declare on the show that we're promising search weights, but if enough people ask for it, uh, it's definitely something that we would spin out into uh, its own like kind of extended functionality plugin, uh, like an extension. Um, so uh, something like uh, what you're suggesting, Tom, like that would definitely uh, be something that we, we could definitely explore, um, extending into like a, an additional like functionality plug for the folks who would need to do something like that.
0: Cool. For enterprise-level tech clients, uh, I, I know that I've actually had a client of mine had an elk stack do you have anything like that for a developer where they can see live queries, um, do searches on certain you know items within various log files, whether it's my or you know or or the the web server or anything like that? Do you guys have that?
1: So we offer a pretty basic um, like access to your your Apache log, your Nginx log, your error logs. Uh, we allow you to kind of. Uh, look through those. I believe it's maybe the I, I want to say last hundred, but last hundred seems way too low. Uh, maybe last thousand. Um, however, um, that is definitely something um, that we've we've been thinking on, and uh, you know, especially as um, the tools that we've kind of bubbled up in uh, in our. Uh, HGV or HHVM vagrant, um, having those available to uh, to more and more people, especially uh, in a live production environment, would definitely be useful. Um, so that's that's something that um, we've discussed. We haven't really mapped or explored much outside of that, but it's it's something that uh, I, I could definitely see being a thing in the future. Cool.
2: So, what's the hardest problem you've ever had to solve on WP Engine and uh, some a client's site?
1: I'm sorry, you cut out there.
2: What's the hardest problem you've had to solve um, on one of your clients' sites um, that have been using WP Engine?
1: So it was. It wasn't even a WordPress problem. Um, oddly enough, uh, it was when I had first started at WP Engine. Uh, I was. Pro- this is probably. I'd been there like less than three months, and uh, we'd gotten a brand new client. And uh, this client was a party photographer. And he took somewhere on the scale of, I think when he signed up with us, uh, he had 62 gigabytes of um, media, images, things like that. and he was moving from a host that had no SSH access, so that meant I couldn't rsync anything. Uh, I couldn't even I couldn't even SCP anything, <laughs> whatever. Um, so basically, I had to um, set. Yeah, floppy disks. <laughs> I, he he offered, um, and unfortunately we couldn't do it. Um, he offered to send us like multiple DVDs and um, just load it into the server for him. (laughs) I set up uh, an overnight bash uh, job that uh, effectively uh, SFTP'd, um, you know, downloaded everything, waited, like, and managed to, like, very slowly down, like, take a a listing of everything that I could get listed, um, FTP everything down to, like, an intermediary server, and then sync it up to the proper server, and then compare the file list to make sure that I didn't miss anything. Um, that was the longest 19-hour day I have <laughs> ever gone through.
2: <laughs> 19 nails is pretty good for that amount of data. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And to think you didn't even learn anything in those 19 hours. You just <laughs> moved <laughs> files around.
1: Uh, I, I often joke that n- no matter how far you get away from, like, you know, y- y- you can, no matter what your job title is, o- eventually on a long enough timeline, you will have to be reduced to doing some data entry, like, really, really quick. Like, um, filling out some info in a spreadsheet, filling out, um, you know, you know just general, very, like, quick um you know, doing some scripty work to try to to make sure that everything gets moved over, um, things like that. Where it, it's 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 nothing sexy or exciting, but um, it, it definitely uh, saved that guy from having to send us a DVD, effectively.
0: <laughs> or multiple DVDs.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: We got a stack of twenty DVDs. <laughs>
1: Crazy. So, and then having to r all of those to the server, yeah, it would.
3: Definitely a crazy story, but back to a little bit more normalcy, I guess. What, what's your typical daily routine look like?
1: Okay, it, I'm gonna correct you right there. There is nothing normal about my daily routine. <laughs> um, today, um, normally, because I'm in California, um, they're, they're very nice, and they don't make me uh, come in at the same time that everyone else in Austin comes in at, as they're two hours ahead. Um, so today, I, um, while well, I normally come in at 9 a.m., I had a uh, 7 a.m. call with uh, developers uh, who I believe it was 7 or 8 at night for them. So it was one of those things where... Sometimes you just have to sync up with community members, uh, no matter what time zone they're in, and that means uh, having to roll out of bed, drive to Starbucks, get some coffee, and then uh, head back uh, head back to the office and immediately dive on the call. Uh, Sometimes, like I've even dived on one of those calls like while I've been in the uh, the Starbucks line, like hop in a Google Hangout and just mute it. Order unmute. Uh-huh. unmute again. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh huh. Yeah. So then also, um, we're getting ready, of course, for uh, for four three, which should be out um, just in the next few weeks. Here, uh, we're making sure that, um, of course, we don't think that there's going to be any blowups, anything like that. Um, that the WordPress core team always does a great job with that, but just making sure uh, that we have communications ready, so our customers know that it's coming. Um, we um, have a little bit of a buffer that we offer most of our customers. You can upgrade right away if you want to, um, but in this case, we actually said, mm, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and upgrade for you. Um, it, you know, if you don't want to worry about any of that. So we had to get all of the uh, the the stuff ready for that, make sure that, um, you know, I I checked it technically, things like that. Uh, Also, um, I, I, I on an average day, I touch almost every department of the company. So um, sometimes I'll go on a sales call. Um, Sometimes, you know, especially if they need someone, we actually have uh, technical... Um, salespeople who are able to help out, um, but some sometimes, um, and this, I feel like lame. But sometimes they need to bring in the big guns, so they, uh, they they call me and and say, okay, well we need you in on this call, and then I say like three things, and they're like, hey man, thanks, that was a really big help, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. I, I was I was doing other work anyway, um, but. Yeah, um, I've been implementing uh, the search product. Um, that's something that's still a few months away, uh, as we're kind of um, I- I've been dialing in the Elasticsearch server. Um, I sent 27 emails today. Um, was in it was active in three of no four of my seven uh, active Slack rooms. We also. Uh, the non labs team, the rest of the company, runs HipChat. I was hanging out in HipChat today. Um, I, I'm talking to you gentlemen this evening, and uh, or this morning, I believe in Bronson's case, right? Yep. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So um, this um, outside of the podcast is is a fairly average day for me, and it's it's uh, sometimes I get to uh, even work a little bit on on code. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally.
2: Cool. Well, from the sounds of that, you've had a very long day and we'll, we'll let you have the rest of the evening off, I think. So thanks very much for being on the show. We really appreciate Thank it. Um, if people want to reach out and uh, get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Uh, so on Twitter, I am at Booga, B-O-O-G-A-H. Um, and that is probably the best way to get, get in touch. Uh, I'm also... Uh, Cosper, C-O-S-P-E-R, my last name at WPEngine.com. If uh, anyone has any questions, uh, you can reach out to me in either of those places.
2: Excellent. Thanks very much. And what about you, Tom? Where's the best place for people to find you and interact with you? Uh, Twitter at Tom Harrigan. Uh, Pretty much any service at Tom Harrigan, except my website is Thomas Harrigan. Cool. And what about you, Jason, number two?
0: At Res on Twitter or res.com is
2: probably the best way to get a hold of me. Excellent. Cool. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Bronson Quick on Twitter. And thanks very much for everyone tuning in. And thanks again to Jason uh, for being on the show. If you want to subscribe to WP Dev Table, you can do that by going to WPDevTable.com forward slash subscribe. We've got RSS feeds. We've got iTunes there. You can subscribe to us on Google+. Plus. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to our mailing list, whatever you prefer, we've got you covered. Um, So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all again next week.